This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This is Rebecca from Connecticut. Instead of stacking Hamiltons and Jacksons, I'd much rather be stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and good riddance, 2020. Let's bring on some 2021, shall we? And to kick it off on the right foot, let's say hello to money mentor, Rachel Cruz. Plus, what are the 2021 changes to Social Security? We'll discuss this scintillating topic and more hilarity during our headline segment. And finally, we'll toss out the Haven Lifeline to Eric, who has a question about contributing to both an HSA and an FSA, PDQ, or ASAP, as it were. And, uh, well, I'm not sure what the hell we're really talking about here. Joe and OG will share contribution limits for a family. And then I'll personally crank the gears with my science-related trivia. And now... Two guys who should probably pay very close attention to the Social Security updates, if you know what I mean. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. And a happy first Monday of the new year to you, peeps. I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and OG... Old guy jokes already. The year's just begun and Doug's already got the old guy jokes flying off the shelf. I thought that I was pretty clear that the secret to success in 2021 is to not work the first Monday of 2021. I thought you said the second, third, and fourth Monday. Well, let me rephrase. I wanted to talk to you about my schedule uh, upcoming, uh, but if you want to do it now, we can. Well, you know, you know how you save a bunch of money, don't you? So that you can take every Monday off all the time. Make sure that you've got your credit cards paid off in full. That's how. That is a smart idea. That probably is not all that it takes, but it's a theory. Could be a bad one. And if you do pay your credit cards off in full, you want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. And how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places Discover's accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm always a big fan of uh, talking about responsible use of credit cards and then welcoming somebody from the Ramsey organization to our show. Those two go go hand in hand. But Rachel Cruz coming up later in the show. OG, kicking off the new year with Rachel Cruz. It doesn't get better than that. Happy 2021 to you, by the way. You have a good uh, New Year's Eve party? I was told I did. Rumor has it. <laughs> Might have. No, uh, New Year's Eve is at my house always. We cook an easy dinner. We watched the Netflix ball drop thing at like 9.15. We're in bed by 9.45. It's awesome. I like my brother's tradition with his family. They always uh, they always have family game night, okay. play a bunch of board games that night. And then he and my sister-in-law did something really cool. And if you've got little kids at home, you're going to love this, everybody. They have a book, and whenever their kids say – you remember all the hilarious things your kids say? Well, hell, your kids are still saying – your daughter says hilarious stuff like every 12 minutes. But they kept this book handy, and they wrote down as many of them as possible. And so now that the kids are all a little older, they sit around just before New Year's, and they, they kind of walk through some of the funny things of that book, and they just all reminisce. And I was there one year, 
And we laughed our heads off. I like that idea. I wish that we would have thought about it. My, I know my wife keeps track of some stuff like on her phone. She'll write it in a little notes thing in her phone, but that's a good idea to put it. I don't remember any of those. I just remember how hilarious it was at times with kids. And then I remember the times that weren't so hilarious, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, which is why we stopped it too. But hey, we got a great show here. Rachel Cruz coming up. She is going to help us know more about ourselves so we can know more about our money. That's up soon. But first, we got a couple great headlines to kick off 2021. So let's get started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamin's Headlines. No better way to kick off a new year than to talk about people going to jail. Oh, gee, this uh, first headline comes to us from Vanity Fair. It's written by Emily Kirkpatrick. Lori Laughlin reportedly had a tearful reunion with her daughters after leaving prison. Lori Laughlin, of course, involved in the college admission scandal just before year end 2020 was able to leave prison. Her husband, by the way, still in prison for a couple more months. She found out it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, the three square meals a day, maybe not uh, worth going to prison for. You know what this brings up and the reason why I, I thought this was an important headline is that one thing, I don't know, t- 2020 taught us so many new lessons and one I think that I'm seeing firsthand as we can't get an electrician out here to work on our house and how they're super in demand, not enough people doing that job. There's so much pressure put on kids and put on parents for kids to go to college. And I look at how much money I would pay an electrician right now to get here sooner than two weeks from now. Uh And think about this on the job training as well. So instead of paying for four years of school, you're being paid to learn it and then go start your own company, maybe have five or six electricians or more work for you. Next thing you know, you own an electrical company and your student loan cost is zero. Well, it sounds like if this uh, podcasting thing doesn't work out for us this year, we could start an electrician company in Texarkana. We probably could. I mean, I don't know anything about electrical work except always make sure you're holding on to something metal to ground yourself. <laughs> Stay grounded, people. Use a metal ladder. Did I tell you about that in, in, in high school, installing my own uh, car radio? Mm-mm. Forgot to hook up the ground. Had everything plugged in, though. Sure, it worked. Hit the ignition switch. I got ejected out of my own car. Really? Was it that bad? It, it, it was very bad. At first, I felt just a hum, you know, just a weird hum because I was holding onto the radio at the time. And then I turned the car back off. And that's when I ejected myself, when all of a sudden the uh, electrical flow through my body was no longer operating. That's funny. Oh, it was not good. <laughs> it, it, was, it was seriously not good. It hurt like hell. That was, uh, don't do that at home. Okay, fine. We can't start an electrical installation company. Maybe that explains why I went into podcasting. Talking to my contractor about this, I'm thinking about my son in eighth grade went to a Catholic school. And when he showed up at school, and and you might have had this, you might be going through this now with your kids, OG. When we walked into school, one of the very first things that they impressed upon us was how many kids in that school go to college. Yeah. And how academically this school is geared toward college. And now that I think about it many years later, about how this was a funnel that people didn't even question. You just don't question the very first thing that you ask. So then I thought, well, this is this is something that is just, you know, because it's a college prep school. But no, when we came down here, my kids freshman year of high school and we went to orientation for new high schoolers, the very first questions that parents had were, what are you going to do to get my kids ready for college? Mm-hmm. Instead of, what are you going to do to get my kids ready to become an electrician? Or just ready for life in general. Right, right. I mean, there's this huge assumption that we have to get into student loan debt. And I think that Lori Laughlin coming out of prison shows just how big that pressure is, man. Yeah. The second headline comes to us from Fox Business. This one's written by Sean Williams. Who's ready for big social security changes in 2021? Are you? This guy. (laughs) I'm so excited. We went three, two, one. Social security changes. 
Some uh, big changes happening. Number one, beneficiaries are getting a raise. Well, this one's not a big, this is actually a small one. As recently as May, the outlook was bleak for the U.S. economy and the 46 million plus retired workers who count a monthly benefit check from Social Security. This is uh, Sean's words in the piece. As a result of about three more sentences of doom and gloom here, OG, it says, as a result, Social Security beneficiaries are going to net a 1.3% cost of living adjustment in 2021. Two things here. A lot of people don't know, number one, that Social Security comes with a cost of living adjustment. Number two thing they don't know also is that cost of living adjustment doesn't really account enough for inflation. Well, and it's a gimmick. (laughs) The inflation that they use is X food and energy. So it's consumer price index excluding food and energy. Excluding the two things you're going to use it on. If you're a retiree and you're needing Social Security to live on, right? Like this is your main source of income. What is your main expenses? Your main expenses are food and heating the freaking house. So let's not count that in our equation. But tax dollars at work, that's your elected representatives making sense of everything like they always do. The well-to-do are also going to pay more. Social Security is three sources of funding. There's a 12.4% payroll tax on earned income, interest income earned on its uh, asset reserves, and the taxation of its benefits. That payroll tax is by far the most important revenue generator, accounting for $944.5 billion of the $1.06 trillion that was collected in 2019. Next year, the upper bound of this taxable income threshold known as the maximum taxable earnings cap is going to rise by $5,100 to 142800 Since 94% of working Americans earn less than the maximum taxable earning cap each year, this increase won't affect them, but the other 6% could owe up to $632.40 extra in payroll tax in 2021. Is that change in financial plans, OG? Uh, no, not really. No, I mean, a little bit more FICA taxes, but it's FICA taxes on more money. So, you know, that's really probably one of the easiest ways to fix Social Security is to really increase that cap. You know, just like you just said, only you know, 9% of people are above that number anyway, or whatever you said, something like that. So it's really affecting not a grand amount of people. And you don't have to make it unlimited, but you could increase it. A little bit more from the 142 to you. I mean, you make it 242 or something like that and take up 97% of the population and, and do it that way. I mean, if we were in charge, I think we would have just gone long Tesla options a couple of months ago in the Social Security Fund. Problem solved. There you go. You not only handled this problem, you also handled the stimulus checks. You're done. The debt stimulus. I mean, the whole thing. Right? There it is. Put the federal government in a Robin Hood app. Yeah, like Powell's sitting there with like a, like, his like, he's like, ah, should I do the naked puts or not? Okay. Let's do it guys. Let's do it. Uh, market order 150 billion. <laughs> In a way, isn't that, isn't that what he's doing anyway with the whole stimulus in and of itself? But uh, anyway, I digress. I think he's got his buddy Steve Munition on a WhatsApp conversation back and forth. Yeah. Talking about the spread that they're going to play. The bear put spread. Or whatever the hell that is. I don't even know. That's just the thing. <laughs> the third one on here, I think, is the big one, though. This is the one that concerns me the most about this whole Social Security discussion, which is the full retirement age is on the rise. In 2021, the full retirement age will increase by two months to 66 years and 10 months for persons born in 1959. This is going to be the fifth consecutive year the full retirement age has increased by two months. But it marks only the 11th time since the Social Security Act was signed into law in August 1935 that the full retirement age has been changed. This is, this is, I think, the big news, OG, is that if you're relying, number one, if you're relying on Social Security for your retirement money, I think you're doing it wrong, number one. But then number two is, what does this mean when you're seeing full Social Security retirement benefits Later, it means that not just financial planners, but the people running these benefit programs are worried about longevity. The one thing I feel like the average person doesn't worry about enough is the fact that you're going to live for a long, long, long time. We always try to tie our future to what we've seen experienced in the past. And we look at our parents or grandparents and just assume that that's going to be a very similar 
type of experience, you know, in terms of, in terms of longevity or age. And obviously, I mean, we're spending billions and billions of dollars to try to fight a, the COVID thing. Imagine if, imagine if these resources were also allocated to things like heart disease and cancer in the coming years. I mean, it'd be hard, it's gonna be a hard argument not to do that. You know what I mean? Like, hey, we fixed this thing inside of a year. So what other resources can we deploy? And it really only takes a few concerted people in the right places and the right amount of money, I suppose, to do that. So, so I think longevity is a really big issue. The thing with social security, of course, is that it's such a political hot button. If you even breathe social security reform in a campaign ad, the person you're running against, regardless of what um, party they're affiliated with, are, are just going to seize that and just go, well, you know, Bill here wants to throw grandma off the cliff. Doesn't want to help grandma anymore. If they fixed it for, well, I mean, you're kind of older, so maybe, maybe you don't want to get in this fight anymore. But for young people like me, all I have to do is just change it. Don't make it 67, make it 70 and problem solved, you know, but tell us, well, <clears throat> I would say people under 40, but I don't qualify for that either. Tell those, tell those young kids, those ones under 40 that they got to get their crap together because it's only going to be around at 70. That's what I was thinking. You want to put it a year behind you, right? Yeah. Well, maybe two, just so it's not like totally obvious, but nobody wants to tackle that. It's always just, we'll just, uh, Kick the can down the road a little bit. Two other quick things. Uh, this one's under the rich get richer. I don't know anybody who's getting rich on a uh, maximum Social Security cap of $3,011 per month. However, that cap is going up for people, maximum monthly benefit, full retirement age. That's going up to 3148 And then the last piece on here is people who filed early. Those are people who took retirement money out of Social Security, started getting Social Security before full retirement age. Of course, we're penalized that they earn too much and that, that penalty is becoming less. I'll link to those at our show notes page, stackybedjamins.com, along with some other resources that our friend Richie, who does our show notes page, he's created a lot of resources for us so that um, if you're interested in this topic, He'll show you other places where we've also talked about Social Security. And OG, before we get to our takeaways, got to say that managing your money has typically been complicated, time-consuming, just another reason to bite your nails. But for half a million investors who have accounts with M1 Finance, investing is smarter, more automated, and easier than ever. Do yourself a favor this brand spanking new year and check out M1. We've been talking about M1, OG, for a long, long time here. Long time, yep. This uh, finance super apps designed to be personalized for your needs. If you're somebody interested in financial planning, M1 is perfect because they work in pies, meaning that when you invest money into your M1 positions, now it goes to your entire portfolio. You don't have to play around with redoing your allocation. Really easy. One button. We have an IRA that's at M1 Finance. It is super easy to use. Makes it easy to allocate for different goals all in the same spot. And overall, the automation tools make it simpler to reach your financial goals. With M1, you can invest how you want with access to fractional shares and unmatched automation for free. You can borrow against your investments at super low rates, just two to three and a half percent. They did a show over our friends at uh, Bigger Pockets Money did a show all about how that works uh, recently and use this flexible portfolio line of credit for anything like investing more into your portfolio, refinancing other loans or funding large projects. M1 ties it together in a free digital account so you can have more flexibility and smoother money movements. Just keep in mind, stackers, that when you borrow, that means higher risk. And rates can vary. So visit m1finance.com forward slash SB. Make sure you put the SB on there so Brian and the team over at M1 knows that we sent you to sign up. But not just that. Get this. We chatted with Brian and the team, and they said that they will give you $30 extra to invest if you use our link. Again, that's M1 Finance. It's m1finance.com forward slash SB to sign up. You'll get 30 bucks because you're a stacker. Terms and conditions apply. I think our takeaways here, number one, OG, is that especially if you've got young kids right now, falling into this trap that college is the assumptive, I think not only is wrong, but your kid could lose out on a bunch of huge opportunities that are looming out there right now, like working on Joe's house. 
<laughs> well, I was just thinking about the um, uh, the program that Google has right now where f- for free or for pretty low cost anyway, you can learn to code and be a programmer for Google and get a Google certificate that says that you know how to do this. And then, boom, you know how to do that instead of, you know, did you take your two and a half semesters of foreign language credits or how many semesters of PE did you take for your degree? It's like, okay, cool. I don't want to do that. I want to learn how to code or I want to learn how to be an engineer or whatever. There's programs out there now and you see them in, in people who transition from existing work to new work. I have a good friend of mine who went from engineering to uh, the computer sciences field and had a pretty intensive program and it wasn't inexpensive, but it was nowhere near the cost of a college program. It was, you know, six months of six days a week and, Boom. Now he knows how to do the thing in technology that I wanted to do. So that's going to be more and more popular, I think. Yeah. Nothing against a well-rounded education because I think there also is value in learning that not being at work pays. But just think about the ROI difference where somebody taking that Google course is paying nothing or right. next to nothing, maybe paying time, right? Versus somebody who's paying for, like I did, uh, scuba diving classes because I had to take a PE credit. But now you know how to scuba dive. I do. But those student loans to learn how to scuba dive, I'm I'm not sure about the ROI. I think that's lesson one. Lesson two is I think the big lesson with all these social security changes is for me, if you need to become an expert in social security to reach your retirement goal, you might be planning wrong. That said, I think, oh, gee, that so many people leave a lot of money on the table because they don't understand it, understand social security changes, but make that maybe your car fund versus most of your retirement. I was so excited when she said she would help us kick off the new year. OG, one of my favorite people to talk to on the show. And I think this is the third or fourth time we've said hello to her is our friend, Rachel Cruz. Initially, I was excited to talk to her because who doesn't want to talk to Dave Ramsey's daughter about growing up in that household? But what's interesting is the more I know about Rachel, the more I really just enjoy talking to Rachel about her ideas and personal finance. And she not only is a fantastic resource for people when it comes to managing your money better, she also is incredibly funny and knows how to get rid of a lot of these side issues that people fill their brain with when it comes to your money. She makes it seem so easy, which I like because frankly, OG, it's almost like, you know, weight loss, right? Just less calories going in than you have calories going out and you will lose weight. Same thing with personal finance. Doesn't have to be absolute rocket science. Uh, today, she's going to help us look inward. She's got a new book out called Know Yourself, Know Your Money, Discover Why You Handle Money the Way You Do and What to Do About It, releasing this week. Let's say hi to our good friend, Rachel Cruz. And back on my dad's shortwave radio, it's our good friend, Rachel Cruz. How are you? Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Well, well, no, I'm good. But I'll tell you what I was thinking about, Rachel, this morning is you're juggling so much. (laughs) You wrote a book. You're juggling being a mom. You're all over the place, right? I see you all over. How are you holding up with this COVID stuff? It's wild. I feel like, well, in in our line of work, I feel like it's kind of exploded. People are like desperate for money advice right now. So yeah. while some people, it went down for me, I've been busier than ever. It feels like, so I'm doing good. I, I took a little bit of time off just to get some breath under me and three kids, but our kids are in school as of now. So that's good. They, they go and they're there. So I get to work some and um, yeah, but it's a lot. You're juggling a lot. I was, pandemic or not. Three <laughs> kids is no joke. <laughs> that is true. And luckily they're in school for now, but you might become a school teacher in the next few I weeks. Know. Like, yeah. Oh, Joe, I will not. I'm not a good school teacher. I'm like, eh, you're fine. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bad, I cut corners. 
corners. I hope my or the kindergarten doesn't teacher doesn't hear that. But <laughs> you start your book by talking in your introduction about your parents reading you bedtime stories. And I can imagine your dad reading you bedtime story like all these financial books. I'm thinking, Rachel, nothing puts a kid to sleep better than financial books. How great was that? <laughs> I know. Thankfully, he didn't pull out, yeah, the old 401k pamphlet <laughs> and like talk me through that, thankfully. Yeah, but one of the books, yeah, that I write about in that intro is, it was called The Treasure Tree, but it was about these four characters, these four animals, and they have to find the treasure tree, but all of their personalities are so different. But it allowed them to get to the treasure tree. And early on in my life, ever since that book, I've been so fascinated by how we're wired and why we do the things we do, whether it's nature, nurture, I mean, all of it as a person. And so that's kind of what uh, sparked my curiosity in this whole realm of life. And then attaching it to money has been really fun. Yeah, you're a, you're an otter. Do you want to explain that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the otter is like the spunky, fun one of the group. You? And they, yeah. Hashtag yeah, I know, shock. Shocking, shocking. Right. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm surprised your dad wasn't reading you like reward point blogs, you know, yeah. like, hey, look at all the rewards you could score. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it seems like the timing on this book is important. Like, I feel like knowing yourself, Rachel, and self-awareness is more important now than ever. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I went through this journey probably about three years ago where I really dove in deep in counseling and personality assessments and the Enneagram, like all these things. And I really was discovering a lot of who I am. And what's fascinating is just having that self-awareness. I think it just puts you in a healthier spot in your relationships. Like, I feel like I was a better wife. I was a better mom. I was a better sister and friend. Like, all the things were just, I don't know, I could just see myself more. And I understood why I was doing the things I was doing. And then one day I was like, okay, how does this affect my money? And so I started asking these questions like, why do I handle money the way I do? Because for over a decade, I've been talking about the how-to, how-to budget, how-to get out of debt, how-to invest, how-to refinance your house to, from a 30 to a 15, you know, how-to give generously, how-to. And 80% of personal finance is behavior. Only 20% is really head knowledge. So that how-to is really that head knowledge that I talk about. But if the bulk of winning with money is behavior and you, the person, I'm like, okay, why am I not focusing more on that behavior? So then I started asking questions, not just how to handle money, but why do I handle money the way I do? Oh my God, Joe. And it just like sent me down this like black hole of all this new stuff where I was like, what? This is like a whole new world for me. And that's, yeah, I was like, I have to write a book about this. So that's what it is about understanding yourself, knowing yourself so that you can know your money. Well, it is an example. I love a story that you tell early on about a friend of yours. And this friend kind of mystifies me. And every time I go to a shopping mall, remember we went to shopping malls, how fun that was? She would go to the mall and she would shop and she really didn't know why. But it turns out, Rachel, as you explored with her, it turned out it was her upbringing that really was why she shops. Yes, gosh, our childhood home, which some people are like, no, I don't want to think back to that. But really, when you start to dive in and realize, OK, here's what my parents and this is how they handled their money. This is what I observed, what I heard from all of that. And it really, it shapes you. So I either find that people use it as coping mechanisms, that there's, there was stuff back there they didn't like. And so now they use money to cope with. I see people will, will emulate exactly what their parents did because it just feels safe and it feels normal. And then I see people do the exact opposite where they like literally do the exact opposite of what their parents did. They said, I will never, ever, ever do what my parents did, so I'm going to do the opposite. But being able to name and understand where you came from and that money classroom is what I call it in the book is such a huge step on this journey. By the way, this friend of yours, I think for her, she went shopping because it was freedom. Mom and dad had never gone shopping. So she was that person that learned from doing the exact opposite, right? Hey, yeah. I never got to shop as a kid. And what she didn't realize, Rachel, that you point out, really she's imprisoning herself by her, quote, freedom. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. She was told no her entire life. And the moment she had freedom with money, oh, it just felt good. She just kind of rebelled, if you will, off that. Because both extremes are bad, right? If you sit there and hoard your money all the time, that's not healthy. Right. And then if you go and just spend everything you make, that's not healthy either. And so finding that balance, but understanding here's why I'm doing that. It's, oh, because I felt controlled my entire life with money. So now I actually feel like I have this freedom to go and spend. And then what she ended up doing was spending more than what she had. And then that caused debt and a cycle down down that pathway. You talk about um, Brene Brown, and I was I was flipping through the appendix, and it seems like Brene Brown talking about shame really resonates throughout this book. Tell me about Brene's work and how much that affected yours. Gosh, I mean, she's brilliant. I mean, I use lots of people in that world. I think anyone that's a psychologist, counselor, like anyone around emotions, 
it's fascinating to me. I love it all because it's so, there's so much truth in it. And I think we don't pair emotions and money a lot. And so when I could do that, it's, it's big and money carries a lot of emotion and sadly a lot of negative emotion for people. There is a lot of shame. There is a lot of guilt. There is a lot of remorse. There's a lot of embarrassment. I mean, there's a lot of those emotions attached to money. And yeah, Brene says it all the time, but she's like, you know, you are not a mistake. You may have made mistakes. You are not a mistake. And so I think understanding that with your money, you've made money mistakes. We all have. Everyone has. If you're breathing air, you have made a mistake with money. So some people have a few more zeros at the end of their mistakes than others, but we've all made mistakes. But understanding that doesn't define you as a person. That's not who you are. You can change the course. You can change your habits, do the things you should do that, that is wise with money. But who you are as a person, your net worth is not your self-worth. And I think we get stuck on that a lot in our culture. I love that. Just the idea of make the mistake, roll your eyes, move on, go, yep, stepped in it there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I talk about money mistakes. That's a whole section on the book because there's a pendulum, a spectrum of people. They either are very grace-filled when it comes to money mistakes or they can be a little bit legalistic. And both extremes are bad because if you just have grace 24-7, you can start to enable bad behaviors in yourself, bad behaviors within other people. So you don't want to make the same mistake over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? Like you have to learn at some point. But then some people I talk to, they're so freaking legalistic and like, Three dollars that's out of the food budget. It like sends them up into orbit. I'm like, you have to calm down. You have to calm down. It's going to be okay. So the too many rules, it's legalistic. So yeah, your money mistakes. That's a big part of the book I focus on because I'm like, it's going to happen, but how you deal with it is so, so crucial to who you are. Well, and another big thing to get there, Rachel, that you focus on, you're helping us kick off 2021. So I forgot to say happy new year, by the way, but <laughs> let's talk about, you mentioned the money classroom and I want to talk about these four quadrants because really people are separated into these four different groups. Can you explain what these four groups are? Yes. Yeah. As I was kind of unpacking your childhood and money classrooms and how you grew up, this quadrant came and I was like, oh my gosh, Jesus gave me a graph and I'm so thankful because I love graphs. This makes sense. This is so great. By the way, so, is, by the way, is that the line of the show? Uh, Jesus gave me a graph. Maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll put that as our headline. Jesus gave me a graph, Rachel Cruz. <laughs> so thankful. So thankful. Okay. So money in your home is communicated in two ways. It's communicated verbally and it's communicated emotionally. And so what happens is verbally, it's either open communication or closed communication. Emotionally, it's either stressed or it's calm. So that first quadrant is when communication is closed and when emotionally the household is stressed. That was my grow up, by the way. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah. The yeah. anxious money classroom is what I call that. So it was never talked about, but you felt tension. You felt a lot of stress around the subject. You couldn't really pinpoint why because it wasn't talked about, but man, it just felt a lot of tension. Classroom number two is the unstable money classroom. And this is where it's verbally open, but emotionally stressed. Mm. So lots of conflict, fighting. Probably heard your parents had the same money fight over and over and over again. Uh, a little bit volatile. I mean, people that grew up in classroom number two, they can identify. Uh, classroom number three is the unaware money classroom. And this is where it's emotionally calm, but verbally closed. So it was never talked about, but there wasn't any emotion really around it. Your head's kind of in the sands, a little oblivious, never really think about money. It's fascinating. People in this money classroom that I talk to as adults now, they have some resentment towards their parents because they realize their parents are not in good financial shape. They just always yeah. assumed everything was fine. And they realized, oh my gosh, my parents are broke. I had no clue. Like it's kind of this weird dynamic in that classroom number three. And then classroom number four is definitely the healthiest money classroom. And this is where it's emotionally calm, but verbally open. So it's talked about, money's talked about, it's not taboo, but there's a lot of control over money. And you don't have to have a lot of money to be in this money classroom. You could have $10, you could have $10 million, but the money you have, there's a plan in place and that emotion is really, it's calm around money. And so I always encourage people now to try to put their family currently into that fourth money classroom, make changes in your money habits to get there, to get to that point where you can talk about money and it's controlled and there's not stress around it. But pinpointing your own childhood is really the big thing because each come with weaknesses and you can pinpoint, okay, this is how I grew up. And then you can kind of start to see, okay, here's maybe why I do the things I do. I like the idea of consciously migrating to that fourth quadrant. Do, do people unconsciously migrate as well? I think they do. I think people that work a plan and we find this in our line of work, like when people are get out of debt and they come on the Dave Ramsey show and they scream they're debt free, <laughs> you hear their story and you're like, wow. And they'll say, you know, for the first time ever, we talk about money, you know, and it just comes out of them because it's part of their life now. It's, it's part of their vernacular and their stress is low because they don't have debt. They're on a plan. They have a budget. Like it's amazing what happens in that. So I think people 
can unintentionally, that can just happen. But I think it's because of the actions they're making as parents. Does that make sense? Like yes. they may not be thinking in this moment, I'm going to help my kids. They're, the parents are saying, Hey, for survival, we're going to start doing a different plan and we're actually going to become debt free and do the things that set us up well. I'm also thinking the other way though. I mean, in a year like this year where so many bad things have happened to so many people in 2020 that, that if you don't watch it, that stress bubbles up and maybe you go from not being verbal about it to being verbal and it gets, it gets bad. Like you have to pay attention. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This 2020 exposed a lot, a lot for a lot of people. And I think Learning from it is what's key. I think you can stay, you know, be paralyzed in that anxiety and that fear and just kind of stay in this rhythm of like, oh gosh. But if you say, you know what, I'm going to use this fear to actually move to something different, to something better, more hopeful. Yeah. Then there's such good learning from it, such good learning. And so anyone, no matter where you are, you can start moving to that quadrant four. You obviously have some phenomenal takeaways in the book about no, and I love the idea of looking inward. I think so many people look outward that I love that. But also when I talk to authors, Rachel, there's these unexpected things. There's ahas that you bring to the table that you didn't even expect. So as you were writing this, what's an aha that surprised you? Oh, I remember typing out. I write my stuff early in the morning. So if I'm doing a manuscript, I usually get up really early. And I was, I was in bed, had my lamp on dim and my computer on dim because my husband was next to me. I was sitting there typing and I remember I typed something and I was like, Oh God, that was for me. I was like, dang it. <laughs> but it was in the, in the spending section. Cause I go through why we spend, save and give toward the end. And so unpacking those three things and why we do the things we do. And for spending, I'm a spender. I'm a natural spender. I love to spend. And even during the pandemic, I was like, and I had to do edits kind of in the middle of the pandemic. So that was interesting. I changed a couple of things. So I thought, oh gosh, I'm like, oh, this stuff is being exposed to me too. But I'm like, I spend money and I don't even realize why I do it because I don't ask the question. And now I've started to ask the question why. So I'll ask, you know, Rachel, why are you on Amazon app again? Why are you buying this? You don't really need it. And I'm like, well, because I'm bored. Okay. I did that well, just why? a couple of weeks ago. I was having a very stressful week. We moved into a new house. I found myself out buying a couple board games and I'm like, I'm not even going to play these anytime soon. Why am I buying them? And I realized it's totally stress. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I just don't want to be bored. And I'm like, well, why don't I want to be bored? And I'm like, because I don't want to sit here with all my thoughts. Like, <laughs> so like I don't, I don't want to just need something to do. And then I start to ask the question too. Uh, when I purchase things, I know myself and I'm like, okay. If I make a purchase and I believe in my heart and I'm like, you know what, Rachel, if no one, no one sees this purchase, well, I still want it. And so it's a filter I use that if no one sees this bag I'm going to buy or the shirt I want to wear or these shoes or this coat, whatever it is, if I buy this thing and no one sees it, do I still want it? And that's pretty convicting for me because sadly I can fall into the not so healthy category in that, but it's a good filter for me. I'm, so I'm just starting to dig in the whys. So as I was writing it, and especially that spending section, yeah, those were the aha moments for me where I'm like, man, I do all this stuff. I do it. And I'm sitting here writing to myself, but it's a learning process, right? We're all, we're all on this journey. I love it. And just as we change, we always have to be on the journey. The book is know yourself, know your money, discover why you handle money and the way you do and what to do about it. Where should we go get it, Rachel? Yes, you can go to rachelcruise.com or anywhere books are sold. That's awesome. Hey, uh, I've got one more question for you. You, back when people could be on stages all the time, you've been on tons of stages doing tons of stuff. And a bird told me that you had a very unfortunate incident happen on a stage once that, um, <laughs> that, that as a guy who's been on a lot of stages, not nearly as many as you, and I don't know. Are you all right with talking about that? Oh, who told you? What little bird told you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after we yes. hit, we finish oh. up the recording, but. Yes. Yo, oh man, y'all. I've had, yeah, my most embarrassing speaking moment. Uh huh. I, um, <laughs> peed in my pants, Joe. Peed in my pants on stage. <laughs> And this is like before kids. Most women can at least use the excuse I was pregnant yeah. or I've had baby. You know, this was before all that. Well, I was thinking about Cheryl. She had twins and she laughed. So I thought that was the, that was the deal. But you must have had to go before you got on stage and just. Oh, it was a back to back. I had to do the same talk three times within like three hours. It was just like boom, boom, boom. And I think I just chugged water right before. And it was a 45 minute thing. And I got to like the last 10 minutes and I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> it was so bad. I so now I've learned, I now 
use the restroom before I go. <laughs> Make sure ahead of time. Well, you know what? The number of times you've been on stage, the fact that that one time happened, and I was just, I was so horrified for you when I heard about that. But also the fact that you talked about it openly, I thought was just good for you, man. Cause, cause. Thank you. I'm just owning it. I'm owning it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and now that Rachel Cruz stopped by to help us know more about ourselves and our money, let's implement what we learned and get really honest. You and I both know a big truth, which is, let's be honest here, New Year's resolutions just don't work. It might only be the 4th of January, but I'm guessing you've already thrown in the towel on at least three of your resolutions already. Don't worry. Proof again that Rachel Cruz and old Doug are both brilliant. Today, I'll bring you a great idea for no extra charge that'll help you turn this knowledge into achieving everything you've ever wanted. But before I do, let's talk trivia. Which mathematician, physicist, astronomer, theologian, and author... No, not me. I know that's what you're thinking. Which one of those people who is widely recognized as one of the most influential scientists of all time, again, not me, a guy who may or may not have had the idea for gravity knocked into him by an errant apple, was born on this date in 1643. Same year Joe's mom was born. I'll be back with your answer Faster than you can go look it up on your old handheld device, if you know what I mean. Hey, stackers, if you enjoyed last week our quirky countdown of some of the most financially adjacent topics we've talked about on the show where we kind of get to money from different uh, spots, well, guess what? You're going to be a fan then of my friend Jordan's show. The Jordan Harbinger Show is a show that covers such a wide range of topics through weekly interviews and heavy hitting guests that you're going to get that same feel you got last week for all kinds of different ideas, strategies, tips, and guests. In fact, where we stop at financial topics, if you want to, uh, after you listen to us, listen to Jordan's show, it's a nice one-two punch. In fact, he just had uh, Seth Godin on talking about shipping creative work, something that I find interesting. Of course, the way Jordan brings out the best from his guest, I think really helps. Uh, Steven Schwartzman was on lessons, the pursuit of excellence, how to cope with your partner's manic mind was a recent feedback Friday episode. So where we'll have our FinTech Fridays and we will have our round tables on the Friday. Jordan also mixes it up on his Friday episodes. He will have feedback from his listeners. The whole time Friday and uh, we'll answer some questions in in ways that only Jordan can. In fact, if I want just a straight, no BS opinion on something, I'm going to ask Jordan Harbinger how he feels about it. Other topics recently, David Michaels, a dark money in the science of deception. I found that one interesting. Of course, Russell Brand, a guy to talk about quirky who just that guy's brain the way Russell Brand's brain works is fascinating. Uh, he and Jordan talk about finding freedom from our addictions. So as you can see, there's an episode for everybody, no matter what you're into. It covers stories like we did. He, he actually talked to a different professional art forger than we did. So if you're into art forgeries, he's got that. Uh, that's maybe an intersection. And also he's done episodes. Um, well, you heard a bunch of the different episodes. He covers a lot. But one constant is his ability to pull useful pieces of advice from his guests. And I promise you, you're going to find something useful like I do that you can apply to your own life, whether it's an actionable routine change that boosts your productivity or maybe just a slight mindset tweak that changes how you see the world. OG and I both enjoy the show, and we think our stackers definitely will as well. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. Harbinger, by the way, spelled H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to our show, Stacking Benjamins. And when you discover Jordan's show, you're going to say, wow, that's amazing. Well, here's something else that's amazing, stackers, if you pay your credit cards off every month. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. You know how they cap everything? 
None of that here. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places Discover's accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Hey, stackers. If you remember, it was me here earlier who was the man explaining to you that New Year's resolutions just don't work. So let's turn that losing ship around and use that knowledge to our benefit. Want to surely meet your goals? Ask for the opposite. Heck, that works for me every year. So why not lean into it? Want to lose weight? Set a goal to gain 20 pounds. Just visualize it. You're sure to watch those pounds just shed away. Check this out. My huge resolution is that I am not going to earn a million dollars this year. Bam! Wish never granted, so I'm sure to be wealthy. Oh, no. And how about this? I'm setting a goal to stay single all year long. Go ahead and admit it. I am your favorite genius. Now that you're aimed and ready to face what's sure to be a horrible 2021, see what I did there, let's get you back to today's trivia. The question was, which famous British scientist, knocked into sense by an apple, was born on this date in 1643? Well, if you said Sir Isaac Newton, bam! Turns out that while the apple thingy might be a myth, it is definitely true that he and I share a penchant for unconventional thinking. And now that today's scientific trivia is wrapped up, let's all go get some more goals that we won't accomplish. See ya! Isaac Newton for the win. I was going to say, Einstein uh, was a little younger than that, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. When you said Albert Einstein, it's like, it's uh, like uh, maybe. Uh, of course, you were only like half paying attention to him, as usual. Way, when to, it comes w- to, way to put your thinking cap on. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Doug. Hey, a big thanks to Rachel Cruz for stopping by. You know, it's funny that she talks about looking inward when it comes to your money, because I feel like so many people look outward when it comes to the things that they worry about, how they spend money. But when you start thinking about how you grew up, the things that motivate you, when it comes to this topic, there was a friend of mine who was a very good hypnotist in the Detroit area when I was living there. And I wanted to see what it was, it was all about because she'd had some fantastic like stop smoking success. And I wanted to go because I was struggling with weight loss at the time. So I sit down in this chair. I close my eyes. She starts doing the hypnosis thing and she's playing soft music. And the first time, cause it was, a, it was three sessions that I had. The first time I thought it was a bunch of baloney. The second time, we had a good discussion after my hypnosis session, but once again, didn't really feel a lot, but holy crap, OG, that third session, I had these memories flood back of when my dad was working at the General Motors plant in Kalamazoo, and my mom would take my brother and I and pick him up on his lunch break, and we go to this fast food joint right up the road called Dog and Suds. It's like a Sonic Cool. And we would get chili dogs and fries and root beer. And I could feel during this hypnosis session how I felt then. And it was during that session that I realized that I have this false connection in my brain that fast food equals awesome family time. And I still get a warm fuzzy. I'll tell you right now, I get a warm fuzzy every time I pull into a drive through for fast food, I get a warm fuzzy. And learning, like Rachel talks about with money today, learning that that is the trigger, huge, huge on my weight loss. I was I was routinely 205, 210 back then, and then dropped to, to 200, 205. And then, of course, last year, started up with uh, MetPro and dropped to 190 consistently. But man. So what's so wrong with being uh, 200 or 205? <laughs> 
there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Just not good for me. Better for gotcha. you. Gotcha. Okay. Just checking. You've talked about that with your family, just the way you grew up, the way you grew up influences so much of how you even spend money today. <sighs> Insanely. It's the experiences that you have. We were talking about longevity a little bit ago, and that's how the experience that you think about your life expectancy is going to be what grandma and grandpa did. Uh, how many times do you think about, you know, if you're having that conversation and you think about, you know, grandma and grandpa died when they were in their seventies, you kind of anchor that, like you said, with food and family time and spending money. But the other side is also true. If you're raised in a family that, you know, that understood it and that talked about it all the time, which is, you know, I think what you tried to do with your kids and, you know, what I'm trying to do with mine, it's not a taboo subject. It's really funny. I've been doing this for 22 years. This is all I've done for work. And it's still that way with my family. You know, my mom, like, well, we can't really talk about that stuff going on. And I'm like, why not? Who else is there to talk to about it? I mean, you can go talk to the priest about it, I guess, maybe. But But it's so firmly ingrained, though. It's so firmly ingrained. Yeah, we can't talk about, we can't talk about the money problems, you know, in the family. And your brother, he's having some money trouble. Like, well, let's figure out what to do to fix it, you know? No, 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 don't don't tell him that I told you because he's embarrassed. Okay, cool. We all did dumb stuff with money, so let's figure out how to fix it. That's where I feel really lucky is that uh, people like you and I have this inside look that a lot of people don't get, which is you get to see inside people's real financial picture. I saw it for a long period of time. Everybody's got those skeletons in the closet. And I think once you realize that everybody's got their their thing, then it becomes a hell of a lot less taboo. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And maybe, you know, I look back at my dog and suds addiction. Good, I think, Mom, just stop vacuuming. <laughs> Why does she always decide to vacuum right when we're in the middle of podcasting? You know, to clean up after Doug's mess from still New Year's, the New Year's party. I guess so. Either that or maybe after this number of years, she's like, oh, guys, hey, uh, but I hope not. But I think about families like mine, but instead of anchoring fast food like I did, what if your family on every Friday went to – you see these families with young kids, OG, that go to the mall and walk around the mall? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're a young kid. Well, we used to. We don't see that anymore. And for, Well, good point. Your memories as a kid are walking into a mall with your family. So you think right. good time with a family equals walking around a, a shopping mall. Mm-hmm. It's not that far off. Big thanks to Rachel for hanging out with us. What a great way to kick off 2021. Looking inward. Hey, let's throw out Haven Lifeline OG and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends over at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. You know what? This is the year of OG. It's the me year. Is that it? As if 2020 wasn't the me year for you? Hasn't every year we've done this podcast been the year of OG? <laughs> And I know you're saying in jest, but you know that last year was not a me year. <laughs> you know that's the case. But this year is going to be. I'm, I'm going to take – I listened to a podcast. A guy decided that uh, 2021 he was going to take a sabbatical. He told his team on December 1st that starting on January 1st, I'm taking a sabbatical. How long is the sabbatical? A year. You take a 2021 off? Is this your announcement? Like we, like we just no. did our money. Like I just did our money with friends last week. It did give me an idea. <laughs> but I thought, you know, health and wellness is my thing this year. Uh, so I'm, 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 what's the question? What am I trying to answer? <laughs> How many times have you done this? I said, well, I, I didn't take my ginkgo biloba, so chill. What, what are you doing? My, what is the, the two things you value first? Apparently I need that uh memory thing, whatever that's called. Anyway, so health and wellness for me this year. And memory pills? Yes. Uh, number uh, day number four of consecutive streaks on my Peloton so far this year. So yes, I, I'm one of those guys. Is that what you tell Mrs. OG they are the little blue memory pills? Nice. These are my these are my memory pills. Yeah. Help me remember. It's your loved ones and your time, actually. Time on the Peloton is pretty good time spent, mm-hmm. and you'll have a lot more time doing that. And Haven Life will like you better, too, because uh, you're going to look good when they take a look at your health. By the way, that's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple so you can spend more time. If you spend a bunch of time during the holidays applying for insurances and getting your financial act together, well, don't make that mistake again. Go to stackofbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now to get a free quote. 
Their application's simple. It's online. You get an instant coverage decision. Prices are affordable. And of course, the one thing you want for with insurance, you want it to be around when you need it. And of course, they're backed by Mass Mutual, more than 160-year-old insurer. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our friend, Eric. Say hi, Eric. Hey, guys. I'm looking for your opinion. I mean, if I was looking for your knowledge, then I might actually learn something. And then you'd be down to only one listener in the basement. And I don't want Len to have to listen to alone. Really, Len? No Reuben in the sandwich index? Come on. Only from California. Before I dive into this coleslaw mom left out earlier, I think I should ask my healthcare question. I have an HSA account for me and my son, and my wife has an FSA account. Am I limited to a single-only limit on my contributions, or can I do the family limit of 7000 some? That's my big question. And now that's out of the way, the important question. Hey, Doug, you think if I help you shot in the El Camino, you could talk to Joe and OG into hooking me up with some of those other remunerations? Oh, yeah, and Gertrude. We love you, babe. Keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. I think Eric has a checklist of all the insults. Just went through each one. One checkbox. Make sure he gets gets to everybody. Uh, Thanks, Eric. Happy New Year to you, my friend, by the way. Glad that Eric's been hanging out with us, I think, for a while, if I know which Eric this is. What are you thinking, OG? Well, the FSA and HSA are two separate things. So an HSA is tied to your uh, health insurance plan, and you are required to have a high-deductible health insurance plan. And if you have a high-deductible health insurance plan, you will know that. And, uh, and, and you know, it comes with an HSA. And if you're a family and you're paying for the family plan, then you get a family option. Uh, FSA is completely different. FSA is a flexible spending account, and that actually has to be zeroed out at the end of every year. I know there's some extensions due to COVID this year uh, that maybe I'm fuzzy on them, but you can maybe rule it or it's too late anyway. So <laughs> whatever, whatever the rule was in 2020, I hope you got it right because it's <laughs> January 4th. <laughs> but uh, that's the kind of just in time knowledge we bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. I could Google it, but you know, anyway, so an FSA is more for like spending right now. You know, if you know that you're going to have some out of pocket costs this year, uh, you have to spend it in the year that you're that you're in, or you lose it. An HSA, you know, you can accumulate for years. So I don't see why you can't do both. Now you just have to be careful that you're not socking away five grand in your FSA, seven thousand in your HSA, and you go, well, I only had twenty two hundred bucks of medical expenses this year. You know, you you might forfeit some of that. So you just got to be careful with that. Thanks for the question, Eric. You got a question for us about FSAs, HSAs, or just anything financial. Or maybe about Doug's El Camino, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And like Eric, you'll not only hear us answer your question on the show, but because Eric's a brave guy, our friend Gertrude, maybe this is why he's sucking up to Gertrude, OG. Mm -hmm. Gertrude's going to send him a code so he can uh, flex in his new Stacking Benjamins Haven Life Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt. Very comfortable shirt. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. All right, that's going to do it for today. OG, quick question here. You and your team opening up that waiting list, or is that uh, coming up fairly soon? It has been since the middle of December. So No, are you are you opening it back up, though? Meaning, are people on the waiting list now starting to get calls now, or are they going to get calls soon? Have since the middle of December. How sneaky. Ah, they did start getting, I see what you mean. Yeah, you know, so we stop in like October. Yes, right. And then middle of December. we Gotcha. All right. If you want to see how OG's team can interface with your team to make your financial planning stronger in 2021, you heard it from the man. The doors are open. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash OG to get on his team's schedule. All right. That's going to do it for today. Doug, you've got it from here, man, on this first non-magic eight ball show of the year what should we have learned today so what should we have learned today first take a lesson from our headlines government policies are always changing so review them regularly to make sure you're up to date second take a lesson from rachel cruz everyone has a backstory on why they do what they do Find yours about money and figure out how to use that to your advantage. 
But the big takeaway? My strategy is working. The past hour, I've done absolutely nothing. I'm going to meet none of my goals. It's amazing. Special thanks to Rachel Cruz for joining us today. You can find a link to her new book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money. Discover why you handle money the way you do and what to do about it on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. You can also check out Rachel's podcast, The Rachel Cruz Show, wherever you're listening to us right now. This show is created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I do not like computer jokes, not one bit. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. finally saw some movies again. I feel like 2020 was the year that I didn't see uh, any movies. And by the way, at the end of the year, some of these memes, do you see that meme I just sent you? It says if 2020 was a scented candle and there's oh, yeah, there you a go. huge, huge <laughs> fire in a row of uh, porta johns. I like it. Yes. What a scented candle that was. Uh, hopefully 2021 is better. But to kick things off in December during the break, I, I went on a binge watching movies, I think, along with a lot of people hoping to see some of the new crop of movies. Of course, one of the biggest ones that came out, OG, was this one. This is uh, the latest movie in the DC universe, Wonder Woman 84. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world. I'm here to change your life. Anything you want. Anything you dream of, you can have it. Look back, you saw ghosts. Diana, look at you. It's like now one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything. While people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. Get used to it. And uh, Gail Godot does look very good. And, of course, as Wonder Woman, she begins the movie by flying across the skies again, helping people out. We also find out about her invisible jet, find out how that works in this film. 
the voices you heard, the villains in this movie uh, played by none other than uh, Pedro Pascal, the same guy who is the Mandalorian. So it's cool to see him without his mask on. In fact, it's funny. We finished the movie. Cheryl had no idea, of course, because you rarely see the Mandalorian without a mask that he sees the same dude. And Kristen Wiig plays a big part in this movie. One of my favorite uh, comedic actors. Cool. I haven't seen it yet. Chris Pine plays Wonder Woman's love interest. He's back from the first film. To start off my review, I will say that she and Chris Pine have the chemistry of a dog and a squirrel. No, not even that, because the dog might chase the squirrel. Uh, what are two things that have no interest in each other? A dog and a cat? A dog and a, and a, I almost said a dog and a tree, but there's an attraction there. Um, two things that have no chemistry at all. That is Gail Godot and Chris Pine. Didn't believe the love interest stuff at all. I thought that Pedro Pascal did a great job with what he was given. Kristen Wiig, of course, does a great job playing characters with this needy, nervous energy. She does did that all the time on Saturday Night Live. She did it in Bridesmaids. Uh, she's playing the same general character here. Does a good job there. Uh, you take this script and you hope that one plus one equals at least two. Hopefully it equals three. In this case, I think it equaled about one and a quarter. I, that man, oh gee, 15 minutes into this movie, I was so bored. I was just so, so bored. Uh, really? And I just kept hoping for more action sequences just so that it would pick up. And the action sequences are exactly what you'd expect from a DC film. Pretty damn fun. But the general movie, and this, this also grinds me a little bit. I went and looked up the reviews on this film. There is no way in hell these people watch the same movie that I watched. Either that or, or like I've said before with some Disney films where it sure seems like some of these Marvel movies, they really curate who is giving reviews and who's not. Cause I've seen some bad movies pretty well reviewed and this movie's pretty well reviewed. I didn't love it. I haven't met a lot of people that loved it. I don't know if you've seen reviews of it. OG people saying that it's good or bad or whatever. I thought that I saw that it was good. I just assumed it was. Nah, no. Just not, what a, huh? What a waste of time. Waste of time. Not really interested. Thumbs down for me. Bummer. Not what I wanted to hear as a stockholder in AT&T. <laughs> Sorry, America. America. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is... Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.